Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Right Behind Us, the music conversation podcast hosted by myself, Brandon Daniel, of the Seattle band BD and the Sheiks. Today I'm talking with Oscar, better known to most the globe as Opio, one of the most popular electronic artist DJs in the world. And um, he's he, he comes from Australia. He's uh, originally born and raised um, in New Zealand, and uh, he was here in Seattle. I got a chance to go down to Numo's and uh, talk with him in the green room, which had a lovely fridge sound going the entire time, So uh, and some sound check stuff going on. So it's another one of those episodes, one of those green room episodes, and really want to make you feel like you got um, backstage access. <laughs> so uh, that will be the the reason for some of the little interruptions and, and sounds in the episode but anyway this is one of the most uh fascinating artists I've, I've gotten to talk to and that's saying a lot um he was he's incredibly humble and uh he's incredibly real and we talk about you know is that is that a new zealand kiwi thing and Maybe so, but uh, regardless, he's doing some amazing stuff, like performing electronic uh, music sets with you know a, an entire instrumental band. Uh, you got to check this guy out um, online if you haven't already, if you're not already familiar, get familiar. Let's uh, go get familiar a little bit here with a track, uh, the second single off his newest record, which is way up in the charts. This song is called Jelly. Let's check it out. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, yo, 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 yo. But have you you've played Reno before uh-huh. in, in the same venue that you're headed to now? No, not the same venue. No. That's funny because somebody, uh, one of the artists that was on the show recently, was just like, "Everybody should play Reno." It's it's actually yeah. a lot of fun. I mean, the last time I don't even know when the last time I was that I played Reno, but every time I played, it's been amazing. Mm-hmm. It's it's it is the biggest little town in the world. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. It's it goes hard. It's awesome. Yeah. Um, and then I was surprised that you weren't headed up to BC after this because we were going to start in BC. Like uh-huh. we anchored a, we only had two week window between many other touring shows and everything. Right. So it was a, it was a matter of border crossings and visas yeah. and doing that whole thing again. You know, so timing wise, it was just it was it just couldn't happen. But the border yeah. crossing thing is a major pain for. All it is if you're of the band, so flying solo or a couple of people on the road is um, exactly is fine. Yo. <laughs> On. yeah yeah flying yeah. flying around's cool and fine um yeah. but just bouncing in and out it's just it's a pain one of us nearly didn't get in this time around oh really yeah, just from uh vancouver no flying from australia oh, to oh. new zealand to la they uh-huh. just got stopped in la customs for no reason and what was what was the thing? someone was just having a bad day the chick behind the counter oh, was having God. a bad day and she just started saying all these things which were totally untrue um yeah so it was it was stressful to say the least yeah it's a uh 
really freaky to feel like you know you're man we, we went to- we're totally legit we've got everything we need all the right visas everything's been proved and yeah yeah when someone just turns around and says no that's not right it's like what are you doing yeah and yeah. she was completely in the wrong we're just having a wrong a bad day yeah yeah well i was excited to see uh i came in during your sound check and i was excited to see that you were doing your full band uh-huh. is this the full band because it yeah. goes all the way up to what what's the no line? no this is this is this is our full touring band for sure uh are piece. you touring with the singer or is that yeah only? yeah oh, jesus yeah that's awesome that's uh that's our show it's it's um yeah I, I like it because it we all of us kind of play multiple things yeah so instead of having just someone come on for a song and then go off and you know waste time off stage or whatever i just feel like if all of us are busy the whole time it's yeah it's um much more fun yeah and that was an evolution to having a live band on yeah. stage it's not how you started correct no. so that's the thing i was kind of you know wanting to put together the pieces i'm just like how that there's a you're, you're really good and candid like with your fans about talking uh-huh. about your your process online uh-huh. but there is i felt like uh oh what, what's the story behind that what I mean, I used to play in bands when I was younger, mm-hmm. and uh, I never thought I'd do electronic music for a living, and yeah. just started making the music and playing it, and then met people along the way who, like Russ Liquid and some other friends who were just amazing musicians, yeah. um, and I just jammed with them, and just had a lot of fun playing live, and in my head, I just always thought, I could, we can do this like as a band, you know, we can have this whole other thing, and for me, I love seeing a good DJ, I love seeing a good producer, I love seeing a good band, you know, in right. all different forms, so I kind of wanted to do all different things for myself as well because I like they do feel like different shows you know yeah. I really like playing all of them well you grew up uh, in New Zealand uh-huh. so when did you start playing music oh, when I was very young I think my mum said I jumped on a drum kit when I was two uh-huh. the very first time that's insane I was around a lot of music like they, they uh, had festivals on their land when I was really young uh-huh. and in the area that I grew up in there was a, a festival called The Gathering which was kind of one of the very first big scale big production electronic music festivals that had all the different genres so it had a hard house stage a house stage a drum bass stage a, all these different things um and people were flying from all around the world for it but it was still quite small right but i was there as a 10 year old kid oh, running around great. you know so yeah. awesome and so w- was it around 10 that you, that you had that moment where you're like i think i'm gonna pick up i, d- I don't really i used to go to sleep when i was probably in my mid-teens or whatever thinking it'd be cool to do music you know for people I didn't even think about doing it as a living it wasn't even that kind of thing it was more just like a a cool thing to do for my life you know but I always was studying design Uh, once I left high school studied design for a while and got a job doing that and I kind of always just had music as my side thing and I was happy with that as your outlet yeah totally I didn't really have any pressure on it being my thing you know yeah and as I just did it more and more and started finishing more than one song in a year people were starting to get involved and enjoying it and I was getting bookings for Sunday afternoons at some after festival <laughs> hangout, yeah. whatever, and it just kind of yeah. I got a few cool breaks at a few festivals around Australia. People people heard my music and put me on a really good slot, and yeah. I was just some young kid. They didn't you know wasn't that young then, but um, they just didn't even know who I was. So it was really cool to cool to have that kind of break in that way. And then I'm here now. I just I just follow my nose. And it was that electronic music that at that, that from the very start at that point. In terms of what I was into, when yeah. I was it was younger. In terms of like when you had your design job and then you were yeah, I was I was I was DJing actually. So yeah, uh-huh. more more the story. Yeah, I was DJing from actually from like fourteen, um, and I'm thirty one now, so that's like sixteen years ago. Yeah, so right. I was DJing for years just at random festivals around the place, really into collecting music, and I always was just super into collecting music. And then suddenly I'd 
play it once every few months or something. Yeah. And that was kind of my vibe. I didn't really care. I was just loved music. It was yeah. Like just the thing. And as I wrote more and more, I got more into the idea that I could make the music I want to play. Yeah. And then that kind of forced me into the thing of actually finishing more music because I needed to have a whole set of my own music. And um, it's pretty crazy to think now, like, our whole entire set is entirely the music I've made over the last few years, myself or with friends. And um, we're playing a very diverse set of music that's entirely from that catalog. It's pretty cool. Yeah, and you're considered, like, one of the, you know, founders of a genre, which is, like... Yeah. <laughs> that's got to be entirely bizarre. Yeah, I, I, I just... I was doing what I was enjoying. Yeah. But honestly, when I first started out, I didn't know who Bass Nectar was. I knew who Tipper was, but I kind of hadn't really dived into his realm of music quite then. Um, mm-hmm. And I was really into hip-hop and funk and um, lots of kind of breaks in drum and bass. And I came from trance and, and house and things like that as well. So all these little elements from those I wanted to put into like more hip-hop kind of beats and right. started making those. And then I played this one DJ set at a place in Melbourne called... Uh, I can't actually remember the name of it. It's an upstairs place. And someone came up at the end and was like, dude, that sounds like a bass nectar song. You should check him out. And so I went and checked him out and it kind mm-hmm. of this whole realm of bass music started coming you know yeah um alive to me and i put out a couple of eps and started getting traction that way but it was cool because i honestly had my own little world that i didn't even know others existed so it was really like australia that gave you your break as far as like getting absolutely out, out there yeah you know starting those festivals and yeah stuff. and i mean i had a good friend uh dean who runs Addictic records mm-hmm. um and he he caught on pretty quickly um and released my first official EP, like, sold and things like that. I'd done mm-hmm. one before then for free. Mm-hmm. And he kind of helped out in the way that he really started, um, you know, giving me the confidence that it's, like, it's something people want. And, and but these festivals were kind of more trance, house, techno yeah. world, 4-4 music. Not much broken beat, slow stuff. And me and a friend, uh, Spoonbill Jim, started playing them, and we were kind of the some of the only people not playing 4-4 music right. on, on the main stages, you know. Um, do you so it was cool. F- do you find that, I mean, when you came to, um, you know, the to, to North America, was uh, was that like a different audience experience for you? Oh, from, absolutely, from it blew my mind. I, the first, I, the day I landed, I went straight to Shambhala Festival in Canada, and that was You're the right. first thing I experienced, and then went straight from there to Burning Man. So that was like this just... That's pretty bizarre. Like a realization there's a whole <laughs> subculture of humanity that are fucking awesome and on the same tip, you know. Yeah. Or, or crazy or whatever, you know. Uh-huh. And um, it was a it was a cool opener. Um, yeah, it, it gave me a lot of inspiration for what I was doing, I guess, as well, you know, and exploring yeah. that because people were just really into it. it. Was it was I I didn't realize they were gonna be that into it when I got here. See here, I was thinking by asking that question that you were gonna be like, yeah, I mean, the the Americans are like a little tamer. <laughs> You know, no, the I mean the first few parties I played were crazy. <laughs> well, like, those are great those, exceptions, those, though. <laughs> especially those for sure. They're, I mean, even the club shows I was playing, I was, I was just people were, people were driving. That was the first time I had people driving from city to city to come see me play. Yeah, and following me around, and I didn't even know that existed. You know, so that's awesome. amazing. Yeah. yeah, that's a pretty bizarre experience. Well, I wonder if the, um, if the humility that you know you had in, in your approach towards I mean you, that you currently have now like oh it's amazing that I'm doing this you know mm-hmm. it, it, it doesn't come off as uh, inauthentic at all or you know like there's, yeah. there's no air behind it you, you seem to, to lack that altogether but you know did that come from do you think that was cultural do you think that's a Kiwi thing or do you think yeah that- there's a definite part of New Zealand is, is a special country in the way um, 
majority of people are just cool. Like they really are. No, they truly are. And, and when yeah. I go back there, I, I don't spend that much time there, unfortunately. But I go back there to see my family or whatever. I land into an airport, and you just you just feel like it's like, you know it just settles into this dope pace of of people and. You hang out with people and they're genuine and they they they're kind of excited about your stories or they're you know they're they're really truly there they're not just filling the gaps with the words they think they should say right, you know, it's, right. it feels like that and there's people like that all over the world but i think that country is especially good for it was uh were, did you grow up in a big family or no it was me and my brother and my mom and dad oh okay like yeah and my mum's parents and some of her brothers and sisters are living around the area as well were the were you the younger or older you're the older brother yeah so you kind of like had that like responsible streak in you. Yeah, until I got to like the first couple of years of high school. And then I <laughs> oh, really? definitely had a lot of fun, yeah. Yeah, yeah. but I, mean, I was I, I was lucky to be around a lot of cool people who I really associated and I'm still super awesome friends with from my first days of high school, you know, and Yeah, those are cool friends. And it, and there's some of them live in Melbourne and, and I'm in touch with all the ones that live in New Zealand and Right. Um we could just be ourselves. It was you know, we were going to festivals when we were thirteen, fourteen. Yeah. You know, and, and they were awesome and safe and had a lot of fun and, and dabbled in things early on and so we really figured out who we were quite quickly and had a lot of fun and it was but it was cool because it was in the early days of that kind of culture and that yeah. in that country too so were you in bands with these friends too ah, some of them yeah 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 Dude, just, we did like more ska punk oh really kind of stuff yeah that was kind of popular around that time uh, we just did it because we liked it yeah, yeah yeah it did have a strange resurgence like yeah i, I just it's just the music we were listening to and, and yeah. getting into, and that's when I when I start, started playing less in the bands is when I was getting more into electronic music, which is interesting because I mean I can I could see that effect and it's even been, you know, noted um, online and, and you know reviews and everything about you having you know like a reggae uh, and influence which you know I, I get here and there but like by and large your your music tends to be way heavier on on groove and funk yeah you know which you can draw parallels but yeah totally i mean i don't even know why a lot of my drums are extremely simple and and too full beat you know and i just like creating grooves out of things that aren't necessarily what you think are going to create the groove yeah and that sort of gives you the opportunity to the predictability of of music and and as you explore who you are and, and go into that thing for your audience can can become apparent quite quickly if they listen to a lot of what you do at that particular time yeah but as you sort of grow i think you you sort of you, if, if you want to keep doing it you kind of end up pushing yourself into a way of giving them that thing that they think they want in terms of what you've what you've been doing or whatever but in a way that is kind of cheeky and kind of not the typical you know and, and give them grooves that that can make them dance but they don't have to think about like i'm trying to hold on to this thing or whatever it's it's yeah it just flows well, it's interesting. I mean, like the uh, to me as 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 a musician to think about your your songwriting process. Mm -hmm. Now, I mean, been one long enough to know that you know it's different from song to song. Mm -hmm. um, but I, you know, I've 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 had some uh, of these conversations with electronic musicians. I'm always really fascinated in finding out, you know, like what what building a song on a loop is like. You know, whether the loop be the beat that like you were talking about that you start with. Um, or well, I used to start more line. more with like either the drums or the bass sound. Right, that was kind of where I'd always leave off, and then I kind of evolved into picking a particular synth sound and chopping up and moving it around and putting effects on every different channel and trying to yeah. make it as just as distorted from the original as possible, but still giving it the same intentional groove or vibe. You know, mm -hmm. 
and now I just well, I don't even know where I start. I just start with the sound and and go. And I guess my new newest album is kind of a bit of a testament to that because there's a lot of things that don't they don't have the same sort of structure. They don't have the same sort of makeup or even sonics. Yeah, are you seeing this like? Um not like the synesthesia thing but are, are you when you are creating a song that's completely without lyrics it's completely without like pop song pop song format right in, yeah. in the verse chorus verse chorus bridge you know um, I mean at a certain point into writing the song into the song coming into existence are you seeing the structure of it oh, in totally. some, it's some type of I, internal actually when I, before I was even making music and I was just more DJing it when I was in my mid-teens I would go to sleep with full songs going in my head and I would just think hard enough and make them build up or make them break down or drop or do all these things and right. I had no idea how to make it and yeah. it wasn't for years later that I kind of started figuring out how to do it and they were my big like holy shit moments when I was like man I'm making the shit that I want to make it that I was hearing and like literally hearing it in my head Yeah, and that's how it was and still today it's kind of like I just start going along and follow my nose and at some point I sort of know the kind of vibe of I want something where I want it to be rolling for the first while and when I want a big huge build up after not not long or yeah I didn't really care for much structure as long as it fits the track you know what's that like when you're building um oh, I mean because you perform as a DJ sometimes as you as a, as a solo uh artist sometimes and then sometimes you, you do like the whole band I mean are are the two set building process is completely different because in terms of our live performance yeah absolutely yeah because I, I can imagine the way we've got it like half of it is actually figuring out can I finish playing this thing and get onto the next machine or guitar or whatever the next person is supposed to do so right. that's half of it um, and you know placing the songs with the vocals in them in the right places and creating tension for those and then mm -hmm. releasing with someone on the instrument you know whereas when I play solo like completely solo I have a couple of drum machines some synths a couple of laptops running different things and, and one running um, uh, most of the beats and I kind of have an idea of what I want to do at the start but that can just change within a track you know right. and off I go and sometimes I'll pay, play 30-50 seconds of a song or sometimes I'll let them play out you know and, and play with them when you added the band I mean did what, what, was that um, was that scary at first or were you just it's so terrifying <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah so I don't know if it's going to work I mean every yeah. day is and, and it's funny because the cool thing about it is is we are doing it and if it does fuck up we you can just stop and be like alright we've got to figure this out you know and people have to understand that it is it is real shit does break it does do whatever it does and when you're playing all together and trying to make it work that's kind of the beauty of live music you know you go to a show you remember those ones with something dramatic happened um, yeah you don't remember the ones that were completely seamless and and you know uninvolved with the crowd and all that yeah. sort of stuff i was watching the in talking about the the the, the multiple ways that you, you perform um i was watching the 2013 video from uh the bc performance you did where you had a guitarist synth player the guy was doing both and he had it he also had a laptop in front of him you're performing next to him you've got you know you're you're you've got the controls but uh -huh. you're also like running a a drum pad and everything uh -huh. which i think is a, a really actually fun thing to see you doing uh -huh. live on stage and then you had a, a trombone player there doing oh yeah oh that was the the shambhala show yeah 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 totally well actually that day I knew I knew the um, guy Mel 
on trombone was going to be at the festival and we didn't we sort of mentioned it that we were going to do something mm-hmm. that day we got together and just thought let's let's try and figure out what we can do was that was that pre that starting with the band or was that, that was that was i'd done one evolution of the band uh-huh. um and i feel like i'm in my kind of third sort of sure version yeah um or 2.5 <laughs> but yeah it's it, it it's becoming more solid and more easy to adapt songs and know yeah. how to do it too. Yeah. Yeah. I saw you talking too about, um, you know, not knowing what's uh, going to come in the next, you know, five years. Do you feel like, na- is that just overall an attitude or, or do you feel now like, yeah, maybe I think, I, got I, an think idea? I think the more pressure you put on yourself to, to be somewhere in three or five years, it's really good to have goals and all that. But sure. I mean, I have no idea. You know, I obviously have something I'd want to be doing, and and this is mostly it. Been um, making records. Yeah, just the time to, to the, enough time to be able to stop touring, make really good music, and and finish that in my own time, and then get back on the road and do a show that I'm really proud of. Yeah. You know, half that comes down to time, half that comes down to finances. You know, the more you tour, the the bigger your costs are, and and you know, people see you doing really well and think you must be extremely rich but you know we pour all of our money back into what we do yeah um and we manage to live off it which is incredible mm-hmm. but i think you 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 have a longevity in it when you you do reinvest and you do invest your time in the right way and i've just started this last album i, I really took my time finishing it it was supposed to be finished earlier and distro hitting us up and we're just like no it's not ready you know I've, I've, i need to do it how i want to do it and I, and I finished it and i'm still super happy with the music you know normally yeah. i finish an album I don't want to hear the music. I kind of want to be away from it. It's it's done, but I did the whole process, mixed, mastered the whole thing, and, and really enjoyed all the way to the end. Yeah, I mean, I could probably spend uh, way more time than allowed uh, talking to you, but just, just breaking down the idea of recording an electronic record is, is really fascinating to me uh-huh. because, you know, with what I do, it's like all live instrumentation in the uh-huh. studio, pretty standard process, uh-huh. you know? Um, producer, whatever, you know, there you are, like, producing it yourself. There's a lot of artists that that play in instrumental bands that that produce themselves and and that can be interesting too but the, what you do is like a, a whole nother process but to stick to like the creativity thing and i just wonder having heard you say it a, a couple of times like about um you know needing that time and needing that space to write yeah i mean it's even in your biography so does your creative brain kind of shut down on no, tour? No, it's, it's always going. I just don't, I don't try and produce too much on the road. I feel like, you know, some people are like, I wrote this song on the plane today and, and that's cool and everything, but <laughs> realistically, I, I, I want to really get it right. And I, you know, perfection is one thing. The rawness of some things is, is the beauty of it as well. And then mm-hmm. sometimes when you hear something that you just cannot pick anything bad about it, that's the amazing thing too. So... Mm-hmm. I feel like when I'm on the road, there's a lot of ideas going on, and I see shows, and I see how people react to certain songs and things that yeah. I'm working on currently as well, and I'll edit them and, and do that, but I need to be in front of a good set of speakers. I'm half deaf, basically, so I mm. can't sit in headphones and know I've got a good mix going on Yeah, um, as easy as I can at home. I have some really good headphones at home that I use to reference on um, right. as well because I feel like there's a lot of difference in reverbs and everything you need to really check, but I kind of enjoy touring... And, and that's why I'm out on the road and I'm touring and I'm playing shows and I'm working on my live show every day mm-hmm. that I'm not, you know, sound checking or getting ready. Mm-hmm. And then I go home and I use all that kind of inspiration to just write and not work on my live show. And then Is right before right I go away, away you give yourself like a couple of weeks to just kind of... Oh, no, not a couple of weeks. I'm never home for more than two weeks. <laughs> so it's like, it's a matter of a day or two. I actually can't help myself getting straight back in there. That's cool. Yeah, it's it's... 
as soon as I feel like I'm putting too much pressure on myself to do something, I just go and do something else. Because yeah. I feel that's when you, you don't do your best work and you, I don't really, I don't really, it's not, it's not that I don't care. It's like a thing where I really just want to be stoked on what I'm doing. Right. And, and it's an absolute pleasure to have people around me who enjoy what I do, legitly enjoy it. They're not just in it for the, yeah. for the fashion sense. It's like they really appreciate it. And people tell me all the time through messages or whatever that some form of my music has changed their life. You have no idea that that's what it's going to do. You just produce these things and make things that make you feel good. Or, right. You know, you have a vision of people going nuts on a dance floor and you just want to make them dance. And there's this yeah. whole multiple things that make you do it. But I do it because I love it. I, I just... It's what I want to do. Do you start now, like, with, uh, you were talking about starting with, like, um, you know, a, a hook or a riff. Uh, it's so different every time. Do you do you ever start with, like, an instrument? Yeah. Totally. That's I mean, normally it's like there's something going on that kind of has a tone or a texture. Mm-hmm. That's normally where it starts these days because the groove can kind of come at any point, but there's, like, a a solemn sound or a really uplifting sound or a big chord or you know whatever and then it's like mm-hmm. holy shit a guitar on that would be sick and then we just work on that or I'll just go off and make a million different synth sounds and see if they fit in I'm quite on the flow I don't really dive into my sample banks too much these days I really mm-hmm. want to make new sounds as I go and I spent this last album a lot of time on synth sounds yeah and um, that was fun because it, it sort of instead of being like trying to make a song out of 50 million different sounds it was kind of like focusing on two or three yeah but making them so involved that it felt like there was multiple ones going on and you, you just you can attach to them a lot easier and yeah it was a lot of fun doing it that way i can imagine that um in your writing process like like becoming um someone who who is a professional electronic artist the the the, the process of, of getting to where you are today or even where you were when you made your first record uh-huh. Um, it is a little bit in a way like uh, record collecting itself. I mean, you need to con- kind of continually uh, add to your bank, absolutely, you know, of like tones, drum sounds, absolutely, bass sounds. And there's certain things you're always known for, and and I do have a tone bank. I think I'm known for now. Like when I do mm-hmm. remixes or or collabs with people, they want me to bring that tone or that yeah. warmth or whatever the thing is that is particular to that style or sound or whatever. Um, I think that's a huge part that if you can if you can ignore everything that's going on and you can focus on working on your own thing whatever mm-hmm. that is whether that's a groove or a tone or all those sort of things you're talking about that will take you so much further than than making that banger that fits in with everything that's going on right now yeah yeah i, I don't know i don't know necessarily take you further in terms of earning more money or getting more shows or whatever but i think it's almost like a spiritual thing if you do something that really means a lot to yourself it takes you further than all that shit. Absolutely. I mean, the, the, I I feel every single time like you're kind of writing your next best friend. Sure. You know, and, right. but the, the sad thing I've said this before, but the sad fact of that is that that makes musicians like the finickiest friends in the world, right. <laughs> you know, or songwriters. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I really focus on having time out in terms of hanging out with people that don't do music and my really good friends that are in that world, just because then you suddenly get this like. When you get so involved in a scene and so involved in the thing, you yeah. can get lost and forget about actually what it looks like from the outside, you know. And that's True. a beautiful thing to be able to stand back and go, "Okay, fuck, what am I doing again? Where am I? This is my world, or whatever it is." Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you need the, okay, yeah. And you need the musicians too to like, 
around you to be uh, similarly. Yeah. Uh, you well, know, and that. they don't even have to write the same sort of music. It's just the same sort of outlook is all you need, you know. Yeah. I really appreciate some of my friends' music that I don't even like their music as terms of the style of music, but I love them so much that I really appreciate their music. Right. And it's it's a cool thing, you know. It's I think, you know, one day maybe I'll love it. Maybe I'll never like it. I don't know. You yeah. Know, it's, it's very seldom my friends I don't like their music actually because I I do really I appreciate it for their their thing you know yeah well what is uh what's the next step for you um from here I mean I know you're you're headed down yeah. to San Francisco uh-huh. um uh, and then from there are we got you a lot on of the, n- nine shows ahead of us in the next two weeks and then I mm-hmm. go back to the Southern Hemisphere and go to New Caledonia and Australia and um a bunch of New Zealand and a bunch of different places to play and then back to America for August and September lots of shows more is that more festivals yeah. and stuff yeah weekend shows and then um oh, i've got these countries i've never even been to that i'm going to in october and november i can't say yet because they haven't been announced but mm-hmm. it's places i never dreamed of going to play music and i'm going to play music that's awesome well it's pretty amazing it seems like a pretty it seems like a pretty good gig <laughs> it's great it's 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 funny that i'm here right now yeah yeah well um i appreciate your humility Sure. And uh, thanks. We're all just human. That's right. <laughs> That's right. Thanks again for doing this. My pleasure. Yeah. the new single from Opio. Songs called Jelly featuring Texture Like Sun on vocals there. Uh, pretty much killing it. Yeah, that was a great time um, we had and uh, I'm so thankful uh, to Opio for stopping in on the show and letting me stop in on his show and uh, capture that conversation for you guys. Um, just want to say that our thoughts and prayers and whatever you do energy um should be focused in going out to uh the orlando shooting victims um i don't really have a lot of things to say about this uh that i I think are worth sharing but this this has just got to stop obviously and um what else can we do but uh pray for those families that lost those wonderful lives that were in a music venue to celebrate and um i'm gonna skip doing any ads on this episode or whatever and let's just uh keep going out and keep celebrating keep doing live music and (laughs) theaters and school without fear okay Uh, I didn't mean to get all into this. So that's it for now. Until the next episode.